Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered in into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Man, what a great verse. That verse is telling you there's no way you can even comprehend what heaven's going to be like. There's no way you can comprehend what things God has planned for you here on this earth. There's no way you can comprehend that. And, and the Bible says that it, the, the eye has not seen. You haven't even seen it. You can't imagine it. For them that love him. Do you love the Lord? Amen. Amen. We, we should have, our hearts should be on. We were talking about that in Sunday school. Our hearts should be on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, keeping this in mind, look at the very end of verse 9. It says, Hath prepared for them that love him. Now, what Paul's doing here, he's quoting a verse out of Isaiah chapter 64. Turn to Isaiah 64. Please turn to Isaiah 64. We're going to turn, I'm going to show you something going on here. Isaiah 64. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4. Paul is quoting a verse out of the book of, in the Old Testament out of the book of Isaiah. And, and what Paul's doing here is kind of amazing because when you compare Scripture to Scripture... And you always want to compare Scripture to Scripture. It's all about the Bible. The Bible's all chained together. It's all linked together. It's an amazing book. It's, it's incredible. Our Bible's an incredible book. But when you compare Scripture to Scripture, turn to Isaiah 64, 4 and read this with me. Because it says he has that prepared for them that love him. Verse 4, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared, God hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. What Paul has done is he replaced the word wait with love. Guys, it's the same thing. When you will wait on the Lord, you love the Lord. And I want to preach this morning on waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. I want to preach and give you seven things and reasons why you need to be waiting Waiting on the Lord. The first one's found in Psalms chapter 27. Turn to Psalm 27. So I, kind of, I tried to warn you I was going to be turning a lot this morning. But I want to give you seven of these. Seven reasons why you need to be waiting on the Lord. If you love the Lord, you'll wait on the Lord. If you love Him, you'll wait on Him. True love waits. True love waits. Always remember, lust, lust takes, love gives. Lust is a take, love is a give. Lust takes, and it rushes, and love gives, and it waits. Look at Psalms 27, verse 14. Look at Psalms 27, verse 14. Here the Lord says, Wait, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall restrengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So the first thing you need to know is you, we must wait. It's pretty obvious, but the, the point is that we must wait on the Lord. And that's the hardest thing to do, amen, is to wait on somebody and to wait on things. Nobody likes to wait. Man, I'm the world's worst. I want to rush, rush, rush. Uh, we, just, we rush, rush, rush. There we go. It's, it's hard to wait. It's the hardest thing. It's not in human nature to wait. Nobody likes to wait. Wait on the Lord, though. Wait on the Lord. We must wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thy heart. If you'll keep your courage, the Lord will keep your heart. You see that? If you'll keep your courage, the Lord will keep your heart. 
Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, wait, I say on the Lord. So obviously the first thing we know, learn from the scripture is we must wait. We have to wait on the Lord. Look at Isaiah 40. Look at Isaiah 40. Turn to Isaiah 40. Let's look at another one of these. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. This is a very famous, uh, very famous verse. You see this verse, it's list, you see this verse all over paintings of eagles. They'll put an eagle on a painting or picture, uh, and you'll see this verse on that, on that painting of, the, of an eagle flying. And this is a real, real famous verse. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. A lot of people have this verse memorized. But look at, look at verse 31. But they that wait on the Lord... They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. A lot of Christians claim that verse, but notice what, what's the key to that verse. The key to that verse is you have to wait on the Lord. you got to wait sometimes for the Lord to heal you up. <laughs> sometimes you got to wait on the Lord to do something for you financially. Sometimes we're in a spot and you're like, man, what, what, the Lord doesn't work on your time. And you're waiting on the Lord and waiting on the Lord to do something. You're like, man, I, I don't know how much longer I can wait. Well, I can give you some encouragement. It might not be much encouragement, but you just need to keep on waiting. Amen. You just got to wait. And, and he says there, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The way you get your strength renewed is you have to wait on the Lord. A lot of us in here as Christians have been living Christian lives for years and years and years. We've learned this lesson of having to wait on the Lord. Because the Lord don't run on our time, amen. And a lot of times we run ahead of the Lord and we mess things up. And the Lord said, if you'll just wait, I've got some things working. If you'll just wait, I've got some things working behind the scenes. Sometimes the Lord, He stops you so you will wait. George Mueller, the great man of God, he had in his Bible, uh, another man was reading his Bible, and, and there in Psalms 37, 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And on the side of his Bible, George Mueller, Mueller had wrote out there, and the stops too. Not only the steps of a good man, but the stops are ordered by the Lord. Understand what he's saying is, sometimes the Lord stops you in your tracks, so you'll wait on Him so He can renew your strength. Sometimes we run so far ahead of the Lord that we start losing strength and we start losing the battles and we start wondering, why am I so weary? Why am I so wore down? Why am I, I'm just not doing what I should do for the Lord. Maybe you need to step back and you need to wait and allow the Lord to renew your strength. You need to take a break a little bit. I know that doesn't happen a lot with Christians, amen. A lot of times we're not doing enough for the Lord, but sometimes you do so much for the Lord, you just need to step back and say, you know what, I need to wait and allow the Lord to strengthen me. Look, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There's the promise. The promise is if you'll wait on the Lord, He will renew your strength. The more you wait on the Lord, the more He'll renew your strength. Sometimes He takes you and puts you in a hospital bed on your back so He can renew your strength. Sometimes it gives you sicknesses, it gives you illnesses, it gives things into your life so you'll back off and you'll wait on Him. He's got something for you, but you've got to wait on Him. Look at Jeremiah 14. Let's look at the third one. Jeremiah 14. So we found out we must wait on the Lord, and we found out that waiting allows the Lord to renew our strength. Now let's look at the third one. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 22. So the question might be, why, why should we wait on the Lord? Why should we wait on the Lord? Well, here's the, here's the answer. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 22. Are there any among the vanities of the Gentiles that can cause rain? No. 
3,000 years later, I can tell you, no, there's nobody can cause rain. They wish they could cause rain. That's why there's droughts everywhere. Who causes the rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Art not thou he, O Lord, our God? It's God that does that. It's God that's controlling the weather. And that's what Jeremiah's recognizing here. He's saying, God, you're in control of all this. Therefore, look at the middle, the end of verse 22. Therefore, we will wait upon thee, for thou hast made all these things. We wait on God because he's the ultimate creator of everything. We wait on God because he's the ultimate authority of everything. That's why we wait on God. Say, well, why should I wait on God? Because you have to wait on God. He's in control of everything. So it doesn't matter if you want to wait or not. You will wait. <laughs> he will make you wait. And when he wants you to wait, like I said, he'll put something in your path and slow you down. He says, I want you to wait. Slow up. I want you to wait on something. We wait because God is the ultimate authority of everything. Let me give it to you like this. You get pulled over by a cop. Doesn't he drive you crazy when you see that cop? You're in a hurry. He pulls you over. And, once, and he sits in the car for a couple of minutes, and then he gets out, and he slowly walks. Do, do any, have any of y'all rolled your window down and leaned out? Hey, hurry up, man. I got places to go. No, no man. You're just hoping. You just wait. Why do you wait? Because he's the ultimate authority. We want to say something. Sometimes you'll say, man, hurry up. Just, if you're going to give me a ticket, give me a ticket, you know. But we, we, we're real nice to him. Yes, sir. No, sir. And we're waiting on him patiently because we're hoping he's just going to give us a warning. Amen. He's the final ultimate authority. Listen to me, man, and y'all might not agree with me, but this is how I feel about it. I see a lot of these videos on, on the Internet and on TV where these people are getting shot. Oh, no, they're getting shot. The policeman should never do that. Well, the reason why the policeman shot you is because you're not following authority. <laughs> a lot of the reason is when a cop has a gun and he says, stop, you better stop. <laughs> and the reason why a lot of these people are getting shot. And dr- I saw a video with this girl, young girl. Got, she got picked up and body slammed by a cop. And they were, oh, my God, oh, this is so horrible. Oh, the poor little girl. She's a young teenager. I'm like, no, I can see what happened in the video. She's sousing him and bad-mouthing him and trying to run from him. So he grabs her up and slams her down. That's what she should expect. He says, wait. He's the authority. You better wait. Amen. Amen. And these people, we live in a society nobody respects authority. They have an attitude like, why should I wait? Why should I have to do that? Listen, you do it because God is the authority. As a Christian, our final authority is God, and we should respect Him as the final authority. That's why we wait. We wait because He is the final authority. You remember the story of Lazarus? How Jesus Christ raised Lazarus from the dead? A lot of us know that story. It's an amazing story. When you read that story, what did Jesus Christ do? They came and told Jesus, hey, Lazarus is sick. So what did Jesus Christ do? Jesus waited. And he waited. And what was Jesus waiting for? Waiting for Lazarus to die. And what happened? One of the most amazing things that ever take place in human history. A great miracle, a great thing from God. But what happened? Because Jesus wanted to wait. And his disciples were kind of hanging out. And it says he abode there two days. And, well, Lazarus died. Then Jesus said, okay, guys, let's go. He waited for him to die. That's what happens. God's doing things like making you wait, making things wait, making things happen at a certain time because he wants to do an amazing story. And you never notice how God comes in at the very last second sometimes and answers a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that Lord, you know the Lord has a sense of humor. 
He said, let's watch this, man. Let's, let's make him wait because they're going to watch him sweat. Watch him sweat. Watch him sweat. And at the last second, then God comes in and answers that prayer. You get that little bit of money you need or you get, you get an answer prayer some way. Man, the Lord does that to me all the time. I've just given up on it. I just know the Lord. Just, Lord, I'm leaving in your hands. It's going to happen. I know it's going to why? Because I'm so used to waiting on the Lord. The Lord loves to tell a good story. He loves to tell a good story. All right, let's look at another one of these. Look at Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. You know, God doesn't work on our time. You know, the Bible says that to God, a, a thousand years is, a, is like a day to God. The Bible says a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. So God doesn't think like we think. God doesn't see time like we see time. It's obvious from the Bible that God doesn't do that. So we have to learn to wait. We have to learn to wait on the Lord. Look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25. There was a man that was sentenced to death by a king. There was a story, as a parable, of a man that was sentenced to death by a king. And when he was sentenced to death by a king, he begged the king. He said, King, if you'll give me one year, I'll teach your horse to fly. And the king laughed at him and scoffed at him. He said, No, no, king. Give me one year. It doesn't matter. In one year, if I don't teach your horse how to fly, then you can kill me. Then you can give me the death sentence. So the king let that man have a year to teach his horse to fly. And they were making fun of this prisoner. I said, you're never going to teach that horse how to fly. You know what that prisoner said? He said, well, here's the deal. In one year, the king might die, or I might die, or the horse might die, or the horse might actually learn to fly. You know what he's trying to tell you is? There's a lot can change in a little bit of time. Amen. A lot can change when you wait. Things look like they're impossible. Things look like, man, there's no way this mess is going to be sorted out. I've seen this over and over in my Christian life. There's no way this is all ever, ever going to be solved. And after I wait a little while, God shows me how it's going to get solved. But I had to wait. Why is God making me wait? God makes you wait because he's working behind the scenes on your behalf. Amen. He's making you sit and wait on something because behind the scenes, he's working behind the scenes on your behalf. And you never know it. How many times can I tell you that I've seen how I didn't see this happening and I didn't know how God was ever going to solve this. And the whole time, without me knowing about it, God was working behind the scenes. I was up in Pensacola, Florida. I was broke. I was going to Bible college. I mean, I was dead broke. I was eating popcorn every night for supper and crackers. And I was going to church service on a Sunday night. I actually had $20 on me. I had worked, I had a little bit of money on me. And I w went to, to a Sunday night service at, at the church, and they had a Romanian missionary come in. This Romanian missionary started talking about over in Romania. They were walking 10 to 12 miles to church in the snow. When they got to church, it was below freezing in the church with the fires on. But these people still were so in love with God, they were doing all that to go to church. And they handed out these little pieces of paper and they'd hand these pieces of paper out if you'll bring this piece of paper to church we'll give you a free bible and the man that missionary was telling a story how this old lady come busting in the back of the church and she came running to the front in the middle of the church service and everybody was startled and she had tears running down her eyes and she said am I too late am I too late and she had a piece of paper she goes I want a bible I want a bible and that man said no, no ma'am you're not too late she had tears running down her eyes she was so excited just to get the Bible. And how many of us have Bibles at home sitting on a shelf? That touched my heart. And they were taking up a love offering for this man before he went back over to Romania. And I said, Lord, 
you know what? I don't, I don't, all I have is $20. And I just threw it in the offering plate. I said, Lord, I'll just fast the rest of the week. And I meant it. I just wanted to give. I just touched my heart. It even touches my heart telling the story. I went on home and went and uh, called my family back here in Texas. And you know what I found out? Called my family. I tell them all about this Romanian missionary and how amazing it was. And I didn't mention anything about me giving up my last $20. I didn't want my family worried about me up down here in Texas. And they said, you know what happened? I got to tell you something, Keegan. I said, what's that? This Sunday morning in Sunday school, the men's Sunday school class, they took up a love offering. I'm going to put it in the mail. You'll get it. Over a hundred something dollars they took up for me. I just started crying. See, the Lord was working for me behind the scenes. The Lord knew. He knows all things. He knew that with my heart I was going to give that money. And he knew I gave my last little bit of money. He said, you know what, that, that little fool, he's stupid, but he's going to give his money, and I'm going to work behind the scenes for him. You just need to learn to wait. You just need to learn to wait. Look at verse 25. Lamentations three twenty-five. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. You want the Lord to be good to you? Wait on him. You want the Lord to be good to you? You need to wait on the Lord. When you learn to wait on the Lord and stop complaining and stop griping and stop belly aching and say, Lord, I don't understand everything. Lord, I don't know what you're doing for me behind the scenes. Lord, I don't know how this is good for me, Lord, but I'm going to patiently wait for you because I know it's for my own good. Guys, I know that's a spiritual life that some of us don't ever get to, but we need to learn to strive to be that spiritual to be able to say, Lord, I don't care what's going on in my life. I'm going to keep waiting on you because I know it's going to be good in the end. Amen. I know you don't like that, and I don't like it either, but we have to wait. Amen. Amen. <laughs> say, well, Brother Keegan, why do I have to wait? Because he is the final authority. Amen. I'm not in control of your health. I'm not in control of your finances. I'm not in control of your daily life, but I know a man who is. It's the Lord. He's in control of all that. So I wish I could help some of y'all out with your health, man. There's some of y'all I would love to just, man, I wish I could just, ah. I guess I could just be like those fakers and promise you that you're going to get healed up and call you up to the front and promise you if you'll drop money in the offering plate that I'll slap you on the top your forehead and you're going to get healed. I, wish I, I guess I could just fake and do it like that. That's what's going on in the world. Why are people doing that? Why are people so fooled by that? Why are people so foolish? Because they won't wait. They've simply not learned to wait on our God. Guys, I can't explain why God's done things to you. But I can tell you, if you'll wait, you'll find out it's good. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him. To the soul that seeketh Him. Are you seeking Him? Look at verse 26. This is the fifth one. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It's not only, you're not only going to get good if you wait on the Lord, but the Lord says it's good if you'll just quietly wait on the Lord. So the fifth thing we learn is we need to be quietly waiting on the Lord. <laughs> don't be bellyaching. Don't be complaining. Say, Lord, I'm just going to be patiently waiting for you. What's, there's nothing more torturous to me than to be stuck in a car with a bunch of kids on a trip. I feel sorry for you, Brother Al. 
Why is that? Because Brother Al knows what I'm about to say. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? When are we going to get there? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. And every 30 minutes, I got to go pay. You know, it's always something. But if you'll learn as a Christian just to back off and say, Lord, I'm just going to patiently, quietly, quietly, and stop bellyaching and moaning and wait on you. Guys, I want to warn you. You're bellyaching and moaning. The Lord said every idle word you're going to get an account of in the day of judgment. That whining, that complaining, the Lord's going to call you up there and say, I'm going to make you own up to that. I'm going to make you answer for that. Your salvation is going to be intact, but you're going to answer to the Lord for that. Every idle word. So when we idly say, well, I don't know what the Lord's doing here, be careful. We need to learn to be patiently and quietly waiting on our Lord. We need to have, that's our hope. He's working before us behind the scenes. Now let's shift gears a little bit and turn to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Got two more to go and then we'll be done. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. We've turned and we've started serving the real God. And that's what verse 9 is telling us there. For they themselves show up, verse 9, for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So the question I have for you this morning, what God are you serving? Are you serving the true and living God? There's only one I know of. His name's Jesus Christ. He's the only one that came up from the dead. People ask me, what's so special about Jesus? Well, Muhammad's in the grave. Buddha's in the grave. Anybody else you can think of is in the grave. But Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. That separates him out from everybody. So when you accept Jesus Christ, you're not accepting Jesus Christ as a philosophy. You're not accepting Jesus Christ as a religion. You're accepting Jesus Christ as a living soul, a living Savior. That when you pray and ask Jesus Christ to save you, He hears you ask Him to save you. You've got to grab a hold of that. So many Christians are living their Christian life like it's a philosophy or a religion. Uh-uh. We're not living a philosophy. We're not living a religion. We're living Jesus Christ. And why am I pointing this out so much? Because the next verse is going to tell you something that every Christian, a lot of Christians are forgetting. Look at verse 10. And to wait for His Son, Jesus Christ, from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Guys, what are you waiting on? You're waiting on Jesus Christ to come back. Amen. He's coming back. We forget that. We're sitting around here. It's like, who are we going to vote for in the election? What's going to happen? Oh, this poor country. Forget all that. Jesus Christ is coming back. Don't forget that. We get so caught up in what the world's doing and how the world's doing it and what the world's going to do next. Who cares? Jesus Christ is coming back. Are you waiting? Are you waiting on Him? And to wait for His Son. We should as Christians be waiting for Him, looking for Him. Man, when I had relatives coming over, my mom said, your cousin's coming over. Boy, you think I went off and just forgot about that? I was waiting. I'd go outside and look down the road to see if the car was coming. I'd go back down and start playing a little bit. And then keep looking up, keep looking up, keep looking up, waiting for Him to get there. I couldn't wait. My cousin's coming. He's coming. We're going to get to play. We're going to get to have some fun. I couldn't wait. I just, I couldn't wait. 
That's how every Christian should be with Jesus Christ. We should always be keeping our eyes up waiting for Jesus Christ. You love Him. You told me you love Him. I said, do you love Him? At the very first, and you said, amen. (laughs) Well, if you love Him so much and you're saying you love Him, why aren't you waiting on Him? When you're waiting on Him, you're going to be looking for Him. Jesus Christ, one of the commandments Jesus Christ gave us was to be watching. I say unto you, watch, watch. You don't know what hour I'm coming. You better be watching. We're waiting for the Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead. There's that raised from the dead. Even Jesus. What did Jesus do for you? Which delivered us from the wrath to come. Jesus Christ delivered you from God's wrath that's coming on this world. It's coming. There's two things that everybody forgets about. Jesus Christ is coming back and God's wrath is going to be poured out on this earth. They keep living this world, living in this world like nothing's going to happen to them. They keep living like, oh, Jesus Christ is never going to come back. He's coming and hell's coming with him. Amen. Amen. That's why I think so many people get caught up in westerns and all this. They love that when the, when the good guy shows up and he straightens everything out. Amen. Every good Western starts out like that. Somebody, somebody's land is took away from them. Somebody's water is took away from them. They, the, the bad guys are winning. The bad guys are winning. The bad guys are winning. And at the end of the movie, man, the good guys show up and they win. Amen. That's the story of Jesus Christ. You turn on the TV and you say, man, the bad guys are winning. And they are winning. And it looks like they're going to win it all. And the bad guys are laughing. They're laughing at us, aren't they? These st- stupid Christians. But the good guy's coming. And hell is coming with him. He's not only coming, he's coming to straighten this mess out. Amen. Amen. Don't get caught up in all the politics. Who cares who, if Obama's in there or Trump or Hillary? It, all that matters is Jesus Christ is coming back. Amen. The devil's going to put who he wants up there. They're all the same. I hate to break the news. They're all the same. Is this a lesser of two evils? It's still evil. Look at Zephaniah chapter 3. In closing, the last one. You might say, where is Zephaniah, Brother Keegan? Well, I'm not really for sure. I'm just going to turn to my Bible until I find it too. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 8. If you look at the book of Matthew and turn left, you'll find, the, you'll find it. You'll, hopefully you'll find it. Zephaniah chapter 3. Not Zechariah, but Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 8. We should all be waiting on Jesus Christ to come back. That's what our great hope is, is that Jesus Christ is going to come back and clean this mess up. We're waiting on Jesus Christ. And then lastly, verse 8, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 8. Here's what the Lord tells you. Listen, guys, this is what the Lord says. Therefore, wait ye upon me. Why, Lord? Why should we wait on you, Lord? Saith the Lord... Until the day that I rise up to the prey, for my determination is to gather the nations that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour upon them my indignation, even all my fierce anger, for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. We're waiting on the Lord because when the Lord comes back, He's going to clean this mess up. Amen. Amen. It's called the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. God's going to straighten this mess up. He's going to put His Son, Jesus Christ, on the throne in Jerusalem. 
physically reigning there for a thousand years on this earth. The earth is going to change. The line is going to lay down with the lamb. The kid's going to play on the rattlesnakes then. This whole earth's going to change because Jesus Christ has come back. That's why we're so excited about him coming back because he's going to clean this mess up. How do I escape that wrath, Brother Keegan? Well, you escape that wrath by getting inside of Jesus Christ. You got to get on the right side. You don't want to be one of the bad guys when Jesus comes up. You want to be riding with Jesus Christ on that horse. You don't want to be looking at Jesus Christ coming at you when he comes into town. Amen. You don't want to be one of those. Well, how do I do that, Brother Keegan? It's real, real simple. You need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's a free gift. There's nothing you need to do. You don't need to do anything for him. You just need to get on his side. You say, Jesus Christ, I know I'm a sinner. I know I don't want to go to hell. I know there's a hell. I know God's wrath's waiting on me. Lord, will you save me? And Jesus Christ will save you. Jesus said, he that believeth on the Son of God, he that believeth on the Son of God is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed on the only begotten name of the Son of God. It's all about believing on Jesus Christ. You either believe on him and you get in Jesus Christ and that the wrath of God is not on you anymore because you're in Jesus Christ or you cannot believe and not take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're already condemned, Jesus said, and God's wrath abideth on you. That's all in John chapter 3. Go home and read John chapter 3. I'm not telling you something in the Bible. John chapter 3 says, You're condemned already and the wrath of God abideth on him. You either, or you either have Jesus Christ and God's wrath's not on you anymore. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. Delivers you from the wrath to come. Or you don't have Jesus Christ and you know what? Hell's coming. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.